Hi, everyone. I know recently we announced we were going to two episodes a week and then three episodes a week. But you know what? There are just too many episodes. So we are going to back to five episodes a week. Still a reduction from seven, but there were just too many interviews scheduled, and I didn't want to make all the authors wait for too long. So I hope you can keep up with me. Listen to one a week as you're on your way to work or on your way home or putting your kids to bed or whatever it is you're doing. Moms don't have time to read books now five times a week. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Hi, this is Ibby Owens, and you're listening to the award-winning podcast, Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. I'm also the host of Moms Don't Have Time to Lose Weight, and I'm the editor of the anthology, which you should run out and buy, called Moms Don't Have Time to, a quarantine anthology. All proceeds of that book go to COVID-19 vaccine research. And I'm the editor-in-chief of Moms Don't Have Time to Write, a new publication on Medium, and we're accepting submissions, so please send your personal essays there. And if all that isn't enough, you can follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens, and my website is zibbyowens.com. Okay, now back to this amazing podcast. R.J. Palacio is the author of Pony. She's also the author of the number one New York Times bestseller, Wonder, which has sold over 12 million copies worldwide. If you haven't read Wonder, you have to go do that. I mean, Pony's also amazing, but Wonder was like insane. The book's message inspired the Choose Kind movement and has been embraced by readers around the world with the book published in over 50 languages. Wonder was made into a blockbuster movie starring Julia Roberts, Owen Wilson, and Jacob Tremblay. Palacio's other best-selling books include 365 Days of Wonder, Mr. Brown's Book of Precepts, Augie and Me, Three Wonder Stories, the picture book We're All Wonders, and the graphic novel White Bird, which is currently being filmed as a major motion picture starring Gillian Anderson and Helen Mirren. Palacio lives in Brooklyn with her husband, two sons, and two dogs. Welcome, Raquel. Thanks so much for coming on Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books to discuss Pony. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm so excited. 
I loved this book. I read it like start to finish. It was so immersive. (sighs) I got chills. I was like near tears at many points. And then after I read the entire thing, I went online and watched the trailer after your comments at the end. And I was like, oh, what trailer? So then I played it and I was like, oh my God. And then I emailed your publicist and I was like, that was so emotional. Thank you so much. It means so much to, to you know, it's the first thing I've kind of written outside of the wonder world. So I, was, I have, to, I'm, I'm nervous. Aww. I'm really nervous about what people's reactions will be. So thank you. It means a lot. So when I heard what it was about, and maybe you can tell listeners the sort of elevator pitch of it, I feel like it didn't like, I mean, I guess it never really does justice to the book. Do you know what I mean? Like the plot itself is just one tiny piece because I feel like this book was real. Well, you tell them what it's about, but I just feel like it's about like life and death and family and like, you know, all of it. So anyway, yeah, it, it, I'm so glad you're saying that because it, it, it is okay. So on the premise, it's very linear narrative, very kind of straightforward about a 12 year old boy who lives kind of alone in the middle of nowhere with his dad and his only friend, really, who is a ghost companion that he's had since as long as he could remember. And and the book opens with some armed men. Again, this takes place in the 1850s in the sort of the American frontier, sort of a vast un known territory full of pockets of true wilderness and and wildness and and all of that. And so these three armed men come in the middle of the night for his dad. They take him away and Silas, the the boy, is left alone and terrified. And when the horse one of the men had been sort of leading shows up again in the morning, Silas takes that as a sign from the universe, kind of that he actually has to go and save his dad, that his dad needs him and he has to go on this journey. So on the surface, it's it's a very kind of straightforward quest journey, you know, sort of boy meets, boy goes out and has a specific agenda. You know, I'm going to save my dad and I have a horse and I have a companion, you know, kind of, again, classic hero's journey stuff. But I did, I'm so glad you, t- I, I did also want to really touch on, on bigger themes about death and and love and connections the connections that tie us together as human beings and but i didn't want to do it in a heavy-handed way so but so so when i have people who are like great readers like you sort of like actually make those connections without us having to like say it's a book about big right, themes right, right. like <laughs> you know it's so great so i'm i'm thrilled oh yeah. good well it just yeah it just resonated there was so much i found myself wondering like if you had, if you as as the author, sort of, if it had been in, inspired by loss, or I know you wrote it during the pandemic, or that you had thrown out like most of the book and started over from scratch, yeah. which is just, I'm so sorry, but that's amazing that you had to do that, and I'm sorry you had to go through it to get to this point. But you know, all of this, you, you know, well, here I'll just like read a quote or t- like this one sure. for instance. You said, "I can't tell you what some ghosts know or don't." He replied softly, "Death is different for everyone, just like life is." People see the world they believe in, and you see the world they believe in. I know it's not easy for you. And then there was another one that says, it's always been a wonder to me and always will be to see something invisible be made visible. Slowly, magically, the negative of the moon took form on the glass plate inside the bath. But I feel like that was actually much more than the photograph. It's like the theme of the whole book in a way. Yes. 
Exactly. The, the, the correlation between photography and, and because the book takes place in the early days of photography as a science and, and new discoveries were being made all the time. But I mean, I still find myself as a fan of photography. I mean, I mean, I took photography, I went to art school, so it's like, you know, foundation year photography. And I have always just found it fascinating, even though I understand a little bit the chemical science behind it. Still, the idea of taking this invisible image, placing it in a bath of some sort of solution, and then having a latent image appear is kind of miraculous. And in in that way, so there is a correlation between or a metaphor between this idea that how in photography, the invisible does become visible through the action of sunlight and some chemicals. But in a way, death can be like that, too. I mean, there there are, are you know, there's so much that is invisible in this world and things that we don't understand doesn't mean they're not there. It just means you know, we don't see them. We don't have whatever we need, you know, and, and Silas is a boy who can see ghosts. He can see, he has, for whatever reasons, a connection to that other world, which you can either believe in or not. And that's, that's totally fine, but it's a fun world to delve into a little bit. And so, yes, I started writing this book many years ago. It was sort of around the time that my, my own dad was dying. He was, he was old. He was like, he was an old man though. And, 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 you know, it's, it's, that comes with its own sadnesses and all of that, but, but it's not like I was a child. I just want to make that clear. But my mother had passed away almost 20 years ago. And, you know, I, I, I'm sure everyone who is lucky enough to have great parents can sort of identify with this idea. That's sort of the big fear in our lives when we're little, right? That, something would happen to our our parents. And it was something that I was a very anxious kid when it came to that stuff. And I thought about a lot. And then suddenly, you know, I find myself in my 50s facing that sense of like, oh my goodness, they're gone and and I'm okay. And and the, the world goes on. And and you know, I don't know. I was just thinking a lot about those connections, how they they the it's really the love. Right. It just it that just doesn't go away. And that connection is always there, even if, if you know, I wish I could I could still speak and hear them. I wish I were Silas. But so that was on my mind. And like I said, like you said, I, I, I had started this novel, but it was, you know, I was 400 pages into it, two years into oh. writing it. And I was probably not even a third of the way through because there was so much in there, you know, and, and I realized it was, I didn't want to write one of these giant big epics, you know, that would have been 1200 pages easily by the end. I wanted to write a really quick epic. So I, I, I knew I was just, you know, sometimes you just have to not only course correct, but you just have to like, okay, this is just not working. So I just, I threw it out literally. Cause I had to, and didn't, you know, went on to other things, didn't think about it. And then, but, you know, the book and the characters kept coming back to me over the years in bits and pieces, but I never could figure out sort of how to make this quick epic of it. And then for some reason during the, the lockdown, I just, I don't know, just kind of like I just sat down one day and it was like it was ready. It had baked. It, it, it was fully baked and it was just ready to come out. And the story just kind of like literally just like, it was like one of the most glorious writing experience I've ever had because it just like flew like every day I'd sit down and I knew where I was going. And it was just it was a lot of fun to write. So, yeah, that was that story. Wow. Well, I feel like yeah. you can tell that in the reading, right? It, you know, like the pacing and the reading and it's just like 
all keeps going so effortlessly, I guess. Yeah. I mean, what you were saying about your parents, by the way, I mean, you, you are an orphan at any age, right? Orphanhood, like in your fifties, it doesn't matter. It's still you, it's still your parents. It's still that feeling of who is looking out in the world, right? Like it's a sensation that I don't think... I think you captured it so well with Silas, but well, because because his his mom, you know, is, yeah. is, is is from the very beginning. She's she she died in childbirth, so he's yeah, so he's always living with her still. Yeah, yeah. And interestingly, with him, there was one scene where I think it was I'm forgetting who he was talking to, but when the souls that you can see, mm-hmm. he has this realization like maybe he they don't know that they're gone, right? Like mm-hmm. maybe they don't know. Like what if they think that they're still with us? Or what if these, you know, some souls sort of stay longer and some don't. And I don't know, I totally like, maybe not to the extent of Silas, but I do believe in like mediums and that who knows what happens. Like I've had a really powerful couple medium experiences. So I feel like once you've had those, it's hard to go back. Right. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Well, maybe I'll believe it. There's something there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. (laughs) How did you know that? Right. And even if there's no explanation for it, it, it sort of doesn't, it doesn't deny the fact that these realities possibly could exist. I mean, that you know, that they knew something that they had no reason to know. So something's out there yeah. and I, I, I can't explain it, but yeah, I just, I, I did want to sort of, I really had a sense or I have a sense that, you know, just like people, you know, this, we're, we're human beings, you know, we're, we're verbs, we're, we're, you know, it's always a process and a journey being alive. And I don't think that that, it just makes no sense for that suddenly to stop as if the idea that, that whatever souls that we are suddenly, know everything, you know, okay, you die and suddenly you're all knowing. No, you're still the same person you were, but maybe a little, you know, I don't know, but that's kind of what I wanted to capture. It's sort of the sense that there are mysteries that we'll just never really be able to wrap our heads around, but we can accept them and live with them and welcome them and, and, and love them and kind of make the world wondrous, you know, and, and okay. I mean, I feel like that provides so much comfort for me. I don't know. Me too. So... (laughs) you know, I've had conversations with myself like, well, it probably isn't true, but it's making me feel better now. But am I just fooling myself? And is it worth fooling myself if I feel better? So, (laughs) Have you been in my head? Because that's exactly, you're like totally describing everything I've ever felt. And then I realized there's a, there's a point where whether you, it's, it's not a question of whether you believe or whether you want to believe, but they're both fine. Yeah. So yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. Why not? Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't matter. (laughs) Well, more to the literary side. So you had a lot of references, I felt like to this whole like Ulysses Telemachus sort of journey. Was that in part like the format you wanted to encapsulate in this journey with the sort of the way, not the wayfinders, but you know, that the people as they, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and that was sort of how I wanted the book to be in the beginning again, eight years ago, whenever it was that I threw out those, those pages, because I I always had wanted to just write a very linear journey, like, you know, from point A to point J and then, and just have things happen along the way. And then use that sort of device as a way of telling a larger story. I, you know, part of the issue was just figuring out 
how to do that in a way that doesn't feel too cumbersome or too descriptive. You know, I did a lot of research for the book and, and I end up falling, you know, you, I love old things and you end up falling in love with the things that you find out. And, 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 and then I would put too much description in there and just, it was just too, I mean, there was a point where I knew like the railroad schedules of trains on the Erie Canal leading. I mean, like I knew so much, it was crazy. <laughs> and I needed, honestly, I needed to just kind of walk away from all the research and just, you know, just let it kind of settle and then pick it up when it was at a point where I remembered what I needed to remember and I forgot what I never needed to know. Mm -hmm. So, and that's exactly what kind of came out. So it was good. I'm glad I waited. I'm glad you waited too. And (laughs) the ending, which I won't give away in any way. And part of it, I had maybe an inkling, but then other parts, not at all, not at all. Did you know where it was all headed? Like, did you know all those big pieces (laughs) from the start? I knew it's from the start. I knew that I had certain landmarks I wanted to hit, you know, and, and that was kind of the, the fun part about like writing it when all of a sudden it's like, you know, you want this there, you know, you know, you know, you know, you know, bits and pieces, but how to get there exactly still has to work itself out. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, you know, it's like finding a little jigsaw puzzle. And it's like, I just, oh my, uh, yes, this'll, and oh, and then this, and then, and then it just kind of works itself out. So, so at least with me, I didn't have any kind of firm outline. I just knew where I was going and what I wanted to hit. And there's only one point I can't go into it where I, I flinched in my first draft because I just, uh, you know, it's heartbreaking. Things are heartbreaking and you kind of like, oh, maybe I could, maybe this person doesn't have to cross over, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And so I, I, and I remember that was the only time I, I came downstairs. I had dinner with my family because we were in lockdown. So they, they would hear about my progress on the book. And I'm like, it was the first and only time during this sort of process of writing that I was like, oh, I'm going to have to go up. Uh, he's, you know, I, he can't, he, he yeah. has to die whoever it was. And that was heartbreaking because, you know, you, you do feel, you know, when you're writing, you do have the power of life and death. You, know? <laughs> like you can decide who lives, who dies. And so, but in terms of the journey, he, that person was always meant to leave. And yeah, and, and it was heartbreaking because oh you, I fall in love. I mean, these characters have lived with me for a long time and they really haven't changed over the course of the years. So it was fun getting them out on paper too. It was really it was nice sort of introducing, letting the world meet them too. That's always a nice journey as well. Wow. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Amazing. Well, I, I mean, well done with, I mean, some of the things. I, they, I just you. got chills. I was like, oh my God. Anyway, so <laughs> I won't you. ruin anything, but really, yeah. really amazing. Very cool. Like, for instance, I always knew... The violin would you did feature okay yeah okay okay yeah and what about the, you, and the you, shoe and everything the, the if, yeah yeah okay I'll, okay the, all right. the, from the beginning yep 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 okay did you ever did you ever watch Doctor Zhivago no did I one of wait, my favorite did I, movies wait, I may I may have but if I did it was so long ago I feel like I watched okay. it as a kid it came out forever ago right but, it came out forever ago and it's one of those like it has an intermission it's like super yeah long. I think I watched it with but my there's mom a whole a there's kid, a whole yeah. Bella Laika thing in there okay. I've always loved that so the Bella Laika is kind of a key to some you I know see. whatever okay and and that just always stuck with me so wow I should probably watch that yeah. again next time I find yeah. six, six free hours to you know watch Doctor Zhivago <laughs> <laughs> you know okay maybe not. <laughs> and the the song that the refrain and then to hear it in the trailer I mean honestly that's like I don't oh. you doesn't it make you cry like does that have personal relevance to you like how did you come well, up Well yes it, well for you know in a way it was that song I think that finally freed the story weirdly enough with wonder you know, I, I had had this, you know, I'd had sort of this incident with the, I mean, I've told the story so many times, but the, the child in the, you know, the ice cream store yep, who had yep. a facial difference and, and, but it was hearing Natalie Merchant's song Wonder that kind of like, oh, I don't know. It just kind of like, it really, uh, it, it's weird. It just like kind of made it like, oh my goodness, I'm going to write a book and it's going to be called Wonder and it's going to be about this. And all along, you know, with Pony, it's like, I, I I wanted that song to come to me and I didn't, I didn't have the song. And then during lockdown, I was as, uh, you know, I don't know. I just had a lot of time on my hands and I found myself like on a website listening to, you know, 16th century ballads or folk, folk ballads. And, and that song came and I saw it and I heard her, at first, I read the lyrics and I was like, oh, my goodness. And then I started researching the song and it was hard. You know, there are there have been some renditions of it that aren't necessarily my cup of tea, but the chord arrangements were there and I play guitar and I started like coming up with a little, anyway, it was great. And so my sons are in it. My older son sings and my younger son plays guitar. So it was also our COVID project. It was so much fun because first we, you know, we had to practice, not that they weren't busy, by the way, they were super busy, but they gave me enough time to be able to sort of learn the song and practice. And then I reached out to Molly Fletcher, who is an incredible violinist. My, my husband had worked with her before and she helped arrange the violin so and a recording studio and then we did the music video and it was just it was so much fun to film that it was and oh and I got the costumes and it was just great it was it was and no one was in Prospect Park we could shoot where we did wow Saturday morning 
It was great. How did you get it, it all old fashioned looking? Those are just apps. Wow. You just, you just, yeah, we did it with our phone. So my husband, oh my, gosh. my son's girlfriend, Rebecca, and I were just like, okay, there you go. And That's we had amazing. like, you know, so yeah, it was, it was, it was, thank you. I really appreciate it. Cause that was so much fun. Wow. That's amazing. And so personal and everything. Wow. Did you think about not calling this book pony? I mean, not that I don't love the title and it's a great title. It's a great cover. And no, whatever, no, no. You cannot like it. It's, it's, I'm it's, not saying I don't like it. I'm just saying, yeah, what, yeah. I'm wondering what those discussions were like when the title was I being... had, it was always pony for me when it, even when it was 400 pages, it was always pony. Cause I, you know, it, that's what I always thought about it. My publisher from the very beginning is like, oh, we don't love the, you know, we don't love it. And my sons were like, oh, Pony, I, I don't, mom, I don't think I would read that book. Like Pony is like, you know, my little pony. It's just kind of whatever. I'm like, okay, okay. So I tried other titles. It was, it was This Bright Land for a while. It was, I had other titles. They all just felt wrong to me mm-hmm. in the end. And, you know, I vacillated again when I turned in the manuscript and, you know, you get your first read from the publishers and everyone weighs in. That was the only thing that everyone said, are you, are, you know, but by then I was, I was really wed to it. And I knew also what the cover would look like. Cause I designed the cover because that was my background. I, I, you know, I was a jacket designer, so I kind of knew how I wanted it to look. So by then it was just too late. It was, it was like, I'm sorry, it's pony. Forgive me, but that's what it is in my head. And it's, I think it's what it has to be at this point. So, but well, yes, I think it's too late it to change question. it now. <laughs> it's too late to change it now. And no, I'm kidding. It's great. It's a strong title. Yeah. I just, you know, yeah, I, I'm no, it's, it's, it's a, it's a weirdly, yeah, it's, it can be anything. But titles are, are are very strange. And I think as an author, just like when you name someone, mm-hmm. a character, something, it's really hard to change the name later on. Like if you suddenly, for whatever reasons, have to change, it's like, okay, that's not the same person, you know? Right. And so, yeah. Very interesting. Huh. Yeah. So are you working on anything new? Like what's after this one? Um, you know, it's funny you should say, because last time I took so long to get from Wonder and, the, and Whitebird to, to Pony, I actually started, I was on vacation and I, I thought, oh, you know what, I'm just going to start my my next one. I I, I don't want to go too into it, but I think I, I'm, I mean, I'm not, I haven't like officially started, but I've started like thinking about it. I mean, and putting words and thoughts down. So yeah, I want to, I want to just keep doing it. I like writing. It's fun when it goes well, <laughs> it's really great you know, and, and when it's hard, it's, it's hard, <laughs> but uh, let's hope this one goes as well as, as Pony did. I really enjoyed the experience of writing that one. I had enjoyed Wonder as well. So, you know, but Wonder was more, you know, cause I, I was working a nine to five job. So I used to write in the middle of the night. I used to oh get up like from 12 to three and I did that. Yeah. My kids were younger then. So that was the only quiet time of day. You would know, I right? You have I four? I was, yeah, I was reading, finishing this book at 4.30 this morning because I was like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm like, come on, nobody's going to be awake. And then, of course, I hear footsteps like an hour later. I'm like, ah. You know. right. and, and I can only, with four kids, how old are your kids again? Like what, what range? Six and eight. And then I have 14-year-old twins. So. Oh, my goodness. So you, so COVID, Wow. Kudos to you. <laughs> my daughter has COVID right now. One of them. So oh, no. I know. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Anyway, I'm so it's sorry. fine. She's not sick. So I'm yeah. like, it's fine. But yeah, yeah. You know, Ugh. it's always something. It's Ugh. just always something. But that's okay. They bring lots of joy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like you <laughs> feel like with writing. Is- I'm like, all right, I'll keep doing it. Because, yeah. you know, a lot of times it's great. <laughs> 
Yeah, that's exactly right. I, I always, for, for the younger kids, it's been especially, I mean, not that it hasn't been hard for the older kids. My 17 year old's done really well, but still yeah. it was a long time to be locked in with your parents. So it's there's, tough. there's no great yeah. age. There was no age where you're like, no, yeah, yeah. Were, you know, this age, no, yeah. there's, there's like yeah. no good age. Actually, I have to say my, my, my older son, who's 24 came back to live with us for the year. And I hadn't, he hadn't lived with us since before college. That was kind of cool. Okay. All so right. I, I yeah, that. That, that was a good age. Yeah. I didn't mind, you know, getting a whole other extra year of, of having him around. So that was nice. Well, better for parents. I feel like it was a yeah. joy for a lot of parents. I'm just saying for the kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, for the kids, right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Is Cody going to be a movie? It must be, right? You know, we're, I, I, yes, either a movie or possibly, I mean, I, I've, I've already had several talks. The movie seems like a natural, right? But I kind of think it would make a really great bingey, streamy kind of series just because, yep. you know, how Lost had the sort of the, you know, you, you have the main narrative, but then you can actually have the backstories mm-hmm. of all these characters. And because, you know, my, all of these characters exist in my head, they're, they're, they're small and minor characters. I mean, the, the character of Pa mm-hmm. in a movie mm-hmm. would actually be a minor role because he doesn't actually have a lot of airtime. Whereas in the series, Pa has an incredible backstory starting in Scotland and then an incredible love story with Silas's mother, um, a a poor man and a, and a rich girl, 1850s Philadelphia society. I mean, it's, it's a really beautiful story that isn't actually told, but just kind of hinted at in Pony, but in a, in a kind of a series thing, I think really could be told. And then it would all tie in at the end. And so I'm thinking 10 episodes is really what we would need to really tell the story. So that I think is the question, like whether or not it would should it would be better served as a movie or as maybe a I like a, it. Yeah. That's that's harder to get off the ground, I believe, these days. So I'm sure so we'll you'll see. be okay either way. I, getting it off the we ground. We shall but, see. Um, we shall see. But it's very, yeah. Off the like you could say, I don't know. It, it has such universal appeal. It doesn't matter like what era it's in. It's like so engrossing. Like it's just, that's a, you're just going to make it better. <laughs> anyway, I'm rambling. <laughs> but. No, no. I, I love, I love hearing this. Honestly, you have no idea. It's music to my ears for many reasons, but mostly because as I said, it's so different from wonder. And I know that when I love an author and I love a book, I kind of want them to write the same book over and over again. And I was really afraid of disappointing people. So the idea that you know, the response I'm getting is that people are not, they're, they're not being disappointed. So I'm, I'm really thrilled. No, I think it's great when authors try new things. I, who did I talk to? There was, oh, gosh, I'm starting to lose my mind in my <laughs> old age of podcasting here. <laughs> Paula McLean, who had written historical fiction and then wrote mm-hmm. All the Stars or something, anyway, which was more of a thriller, psychological mystery. Anyway, she was so worried when we had our conversation, like that she was shifting genres. And I was like, I don't think you should be this worried. Like, Jerry, like it's going to be a good book, and readers just really want great books. So I, I don't. That's true. And it turned out that's it was true, like a bestseller. Be and I, anyway, it it that's, all works. That's out. it. I think what happens is between the writer and the reader. There's all these in betweens. Yeah. There's the booksellers, yes, and then I there's know. the publishers, I, and then there's the pub. You know, there's I, there's yeah. a whole lot. You know, so if you're lucky enough as a writer to connect directly with the reader, yes. despite all the genres, you know, there's there's what shelf you end up in, I know, in a bookstore. I mean, there's so much rigmarole. I, I know, yeah, but readers are. I think people don't give <laughs> I, enough credit to readers. Honestly, I mean, I think you're absolutely right. So anyway, yeah. speaking of, okay, so what advice would you have for aspiring authors? 
and then I'll leave you alone. I promise. (laughs) No, not at all. This has been wonderful. I could talk to you every day. I would say, you know, to, you know, I was about to say something that I've told people, but I don't follow it. So now I'm not sure it's true. I was about to say, continue without fail to write something every day, because I really was told that that is what you're supposed to do. Just even if, you know, it's not for a book or whatever, just, just even if it's journaling, whatever it is, write it, you know, get it down. But I'm not entirely sure that that's, I have to admit that I don't write every day. And, and I write when I have something to write. So I, and I don't want to give advice that, that I am not sticking to. So I guess I would say, I think reading is just as important as writing. Oh, like I, every time I read something new and if it's good, you kind of, it goes into some sort of little piece of your brain and you don't even realize later on when you're writing that you're activating your little homages no one else might see them but you know whether it's a violin because I remembered loving Dr. Zhivago as a kid and there was a Bella Laika in there that kind of factors into things or whether it's I mean here I'm talking about movies and I should be talking about books but The Ghost and Mrs. Muir which is a movie I referenced in Wonder and if you watch it again actually Phoebe might like that one okay (laughs) You know, it's a Rex Harrison, Gene Tierney, whatever, but there's a ghost in it. And I, I didn't even realize that, oh, oh, there, there, you know, there are things that are coming up from that, which I remember seeing when I was a kid with my mom and with books all the time. I feel like they're little, you know, you, there are books that I've read that aren't even that great, but there might be an incredible sort of scene or a moment or something that you kind of remember, you absorb, and then manifest itself or spark something in your own writing later on. So I would say just, you know, if you want to be a writer, you read everything all the time and, and read with passion. And, you know, it's so easy to be distracted nowadays. I know I was just on vacation and I had my little stack of books, but I also had my, my phone (laughs) It's just so much easier sometimes to scroll, but you just have to put the phone away and then just start a book and love it. And that's it. That's great advice, particularly yeah. with the phone. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, put the phone away. Put the phone away. I know. Yeah. Easier said than done. <laughs> Easier said than done. Exactly. Well, Raquel, thank you so much. This was so fun. Thank you so much. Thank you for all you do. And your. I mean, that was just a really immersive experience for me. So I felt, I, you know. I love feeling moved. I just love it. So thank you for doing thank that. Thank you. I so appreciate it. And you have absolutely no idea how much your words really are impacting me. I, I, I'm going to go and cry in a little while, but thank you very much. I really, <laughs> really appreciate it. No, it means so much to me. It really does. Oh, thank so you. Fun. Okay. Have All a right. Great day. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks. You too. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens and at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Also sign up for my newsletter at ZibbyOwens.com and sign up for my virtual book club and meet lots of authors on Zoom every other week. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.